0: what's up everybody alex here host of your mom's favorite podcast Jiu-Jitsu radio i hope everybody's doing awesome thank you everybody for the support i know you guys have been enjoying seeing the constant stream of new episodes again much appreciate all the love glad you guys are enjoying it today is an awesome day for the podcast because we get our good friend back on the podcast rob from mcdojo life we had a blast recording this one um, talking about uh, the documentary that they are working on that should be out soon hopefully everything goes great there's going to be a lot of details on that in this episode along with covering a bunch of other subjects when it comes to jiu-jitsu and martial arts always a blast to talk to rob so make sure you guys check them out if you're not following mcdojo life i don't know what you're doing with your life i'm just letting you know so go check them out this episode was a blast I will be at ADCC again this year, so please, if you see me, come say hi. You want to get a photo, you want to talk trash, I'm fine with it. If you're mad about something that I said about you on the podcast, come talk to me about it. It's all good. Either way, looking forward for an amazing, amazing event at ADCC, and just make sure that I'll see you guys there on uh, September 17th. Otherwise... Hope you guys enjoy the show. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the notification bell. And if you're watching us on YouTube, that's the best way to make sure you get an update on all the upcoming episodes. If you're on Spotify or anything else, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really digging the podcast, hit that share button. Share with all your friends. Uh, It's one click for you guys, but it's a big support for me to keep the podcast going and growing. So I appreciate you. all. love you guys and I'll catch you on the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, he's back, the one person who manages to start more shit in jiu-jitsu than me, and definitely way more than Gordon Ryan. Rob Ingram, McDojo life himself. How are you, my man? How's it going?
1: Living the dream, brother. Living the dream. Yeah, man. I wake up and I just, I go to my inbox and there's plenty of stuff in there to get stirred up. So I just get started.
0: You literally wake up every morning and choose violence. It's pretty much the way that it goes.
1: Just about every day. There are certain days where I would like to take a break, but I don't get a choice. The machine rolls on with or without me. So
0: I just love the facts like, oh, everything's going great. Everything is, you know, nice. And then like insane just right there <laughs> is that like yeah. is that a new a new, uh, new mcdojo life hat or is that just something uh, you picked up
1: nah man I went to subversive to help out with their tournament out there I was helping out with social media stuff and had a really really good time you know you nice hang out with homies see some great jujitsu but while I was out there it was like a um, a marijuana friendly event so it wasn't like a high rollers where people are definitely smoking weed before they got on the mat but it was mm-hmm. like a lot of their sponsors were marijuana sponsors. And they had the guys uh, from, man, uh, help me out here, Insane in the Membrane. Um, oh, Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill. Thank you. I don't yeah. know why it escaped to me, but Cypress Hill has like three, four, maybe even five marijuana companies that all do yeah. something different. And this is one of their brands, Insane. Uh, oh, right, and, right, right. Um, while I was out there, they were the coolest people ever. Oh, oh super
0: nice. Super like, nice.
1: I didn't get to meet the band. I got to meet the people who run those companies. Mm-hmm. And one of the dudes I was like, because while I was out there, I was working, but I smoke for like medicinal, like my knees hurt, my back hurts. I've been doing this stuff for like 25 years. So everything hurts all the time. Yeah, I didn't want to get addicted to pain pills. And I was like, well, what's the alternative? And as a kid, I never smoked weed. Like from the time I was a kid all the way up until like my mid thirties. Yeah. Like I just, it wasn't my thing. I didn't like it maybe smoked like three times total, always had bad experiences. And then when I got older, I was like, well, maybe if I do a little. And so I was out there, my legs. I'm
0: just trying to get a little high.
1: (laughs) And so I was like, I was like, my knees hurt, man. And I'm like, well, why am I complaining? Like everyone here is selling. So I like went over or not selling, but everybody there. Just like distributing legally, <laughs> so legally, completely legally. So I went over and I was like, "Hey man, like you wouldn't happen to have any on you?" He goes, "Yeah, come on." Takes me out to his truck and just like massive bag. He's like pulling out. He goes, "Here you go, here you go." He gave me some pre rolls. I was like, "That is so nice." I was like, "What do I owe you?" You know, it's a business. Yeah. And he was like, "Don't worry about it." I was like, "Dude, this is like hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of marijuana." <laughs> like
0: that's the friends we need in
1: life. Yeah, that's I what know, I'm right? saying. I'm like, that's the nicest thing ever. Needless to say, my knees didn't hurt after that, so I was right. like, <laughs> it's
0: like it kind of my legs didn't feel like anything after that, and, and I'm like, I didn't feel my back for about two days. No, dude, I'm a huge proponent for that. I I'd like I've been pushing that for like the longest time. I think it's like the best thing, and I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward for them to do the same thing with like uh, with mushrooms, especially for like vets and stuff with PTSD and stuff like that. Dude, that's like huge if people can sit there and push that. Like it's it's pretty crazy to see. Um, how much of a difference that stuff does for people yeah like and
1: then like you know high rollers always has done a good job like they got rid of like i guess you could say a cancer that was in the organization recently mm -hmm. and uh, once they got rid of that dude man i'm happy to be like shouting them out again like that's good man lawn is amazing i fucking love big lawn he's always been so cool to me but he they had like a little turd in the punch bowl that was working there and he was like an asshole to like everybody and I'm not going to talk about his name yet because yeah. I don't know if Lon has made the announcement public or not, but they got rid of that dude. And like, I, as soon as I got, Lon himself called me and he was mm-hmm. like, Hey, man, I got to let you know, we got, to let someone so go. I was like, really? He's <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. I was like, and I made phone calls that like that day. I was like, you'd never believe. And yeah. people were like, all right. And so all these people are happy to be working with them again. So I'm happy to see that event has you know, been able to get rid of at least that one problem. But
0: it's funny, like events like that, there's always a one person that kind of like, like you said, the and the punch bowl. It's like, dude, so many people want to work with us, but because of your attitude, like you're like screwing Absolutely. over the business.
1: Absolutely. I've been in, the, like I said, I've been in this industry for 25 years, since I was a child, since I was yeah. 12. And this is all I've really known. Yeah. And like, I've had no issues other than the people I call out on my page, no issues with anyone in the industry in 25 years, except yeah. that one guy. That's it. Yeah. So, But, you know, it's like it
0: tells you so much about that one person. It's like common denominator here. There's like a thousand of us hating one of you (laughs) (laughs) kind of works that way.
1: I'm glad that guy's gone. I did a little dance, made myself a little drink. I was like, it's going to be a good day.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny, like the Cypress Hill backstage is probably one of the greatest backstages I've ever been at. Like, because like, obviously, like I do music or work in music for so long. And one of my buddies was uh, is in the Dirty Heads and they did a show. Dirty Heads with Cypress Hill. So he's like, "Oh yeah, man, come by, come hang out with us." So I'm sitting backstage watching the show, and then as like I walk in, and right behind the stage, dude, those oh, those big card fold-out tables, like the big long ones, just like three of them lined up against the wall, literally edge to edge, front to back, donuts, cakes, pastries, everything, <laughs> everything, just everything, dude cakes after cakes and donuts and everything i was like oh my god like there is no way you're not gonna clean this table out with the, this kind of show no way there's still like this table doesn't get like emptied out it was the best <laughs> i'm sitting there it's like all right let's go it's like you're just going down the bakery aisle like costco just all right let's go we'll just do <laughs> the best
1: I'll take all this that craft food table where they just like pass out all the free goodies
0: dude it was the best i know somewhere i have a photo of it because i just couldn't believe it, it was like this by far like out of all the artists that I've ever worked with, this blows everybody away. Like usually it's like some deli meats, yeah. apple juice. Like you get, you get lucky like, if it's a Red Bull.
1: Single servings of uh its
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got like for sure there's one uh, what was it? The um the little like uh snack packs that we'd get like in middle school. Yeah, like the lunchables. <laughs> yeah. It was like lunchables and Ritz crackers. Like, come on man, no, this this table was deck, man. That's dope. Yeah, so speaking
1: you know, of that, Common Kings is actually coming into town and in, on Thursday, and oh they, yeah. all, they all train. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I, so I like love. I guess you would, what you would call white boy reggae, yeah, so yeah. like Iration, the, yeah, the stick figure um, revolution, that kind of thing, right? And so I found out that they follow the page, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Dude, I love y'all stuff." Also, Buds, for some reason follows the page. I was like, yeah, like I found out they were coming into town. And I was like, I really want to see him. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll obviously pay for the ticket, but I was like, let's see if there's an opportunity. Cause we've talked, it's like, right? let's see it's how like, popular I just got. Yeah, like like, <laughs> like uh, it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you know, I really looking forward to seeing y'all like at the event and they were like, so cool. They were like, yeah, man, we're looking forward to seeing you too. And I was like, well, how does this work? I was like, I just get a ticket and I like to see you guys like after the show or whatever. And they were like, no, nah, I don't get a ticket, man. We're going to take care of you. I was like, yeah, dude, that's
0: so awesome, man.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they're good people. Iration does such a good show. They do such a good show. Like, yeah, I think you'll have fun. You'll have to you have to send me some photos. That's going to be Absolutely. a good show, man. Like that, because they're coming down here after after day. Yeah, like so like they're making the trip all the way down the coast. So it'd be good to go, man. Uh, I'm I'm super pumped for it. It's going to be a slow Friday for you. If they're playing (laughs) Thursday night, it's going to be a slow Friday for you for sure.
1: I don't get that choice. Like, that's what sucks. It's like sometimes because the internet operates 24 hours a day. So by the time you're going to sleep, especially when you run a web page or an entity online on social media, by the time you're going to sleep, people are just waking up to see your content. Yep. And so like I've had days where it's like, oh, finally, I get to sit down and kick up my feet, you know. And then all of a sudden, message, 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 and something pops off at like Mm. one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, like, damn it. And I don't get to sleep. I have to like investigate the story because technically, I guess what you could say I do at the end of the day is really investigative journalism. I know the stuff I post on Instagram makes a lot of people laugh and they enjoy it and they like poking fun of the cults. But those are real cults. And in order for me to call them that and to call them out on being frauds, I have to do a lot of research before you see that one minute clip. And so usually that equals good long form stuff on my YouTube.
0: Yeah. Well, that's like, that's why there's always been like those couple of situations where like, I know something is more up your alley than mine. I'm like, dude, look at this. This is yours. Yeah. And like, and I'll try and get you as much information as I can to like save you some time because people don't understand how crazy it is. Even when we did like the episode, I was just talking about it yesterday. Even though when we did the episode, when everything came out with like Marcel and Cyborg and all that stuff, I'm like, man we were like one of the few people that actually took the time to talk about it and put the information. And then the hard part is people can't be neutral. Like you do a really good job at being neutral. Like yeah, granted, bullshitters are gonna get called out, but neutral is neutral. And like even the situation you just had come up the other day, we were kind of like going back and forth about Mm -hmm. like, so I don't wanna give out too much information because obviously we want people to go to the YouTube channel to watch the, the full video. It's definitely worth watching and you need to watch the full scope to get an understanding of what was going on but um if you want to give people kind of the breakdown you got a a cease and desist letter so and by the way the the video on instagram just is perfect it was so good it was like i couldn't have done it any better i was like that's that's why i love this guy
1: (laughs) well you know i always appreciate you sending me stuff for sure and it's always nice to be able to bounce stuff off other people you know, because I could be wrong, but I do a lot of research and yeah. I ask a lot of questions, but there to break it down for anybody who wasn't aware of what happened or is happening, because I'm sure that it's not done by a long shot for sure. Um, there's a there's a gentleman his name's Carl Massaro, and, uh, Carl Masaro. and Carl Masaro is a a black belt, a multiple degree black belt. I think it might be three or fourth degree, I don't remember off the top of my head under Henzo Gracie. And he runs a, a school, a facility, and he's the instructor there and uh he was dating a woman named maggie holmes now him and maggie holmes met when he was 40 and she was 18 um and you know they're adults technically (laughs) consenting or whatever so but that's just the truth and then once uh they broke up some time had passed then i guess she decided she wanted to speak out on some of the things that had happened and uh when she did finally speak out she went on a thing called the Rear naked chicks podcast and man, I got even more stuff to talk to you about this because it's definitely still going. Yeah, on, yeah. stuff people might not know. But um, so she winds up going on that podcast and telling talking about abuse, like specifically stalking and harassment. Um, and then late, I, I saw a video and I reposted it of screenshots of him setting up multiple phone numbers to continue to contact her. Well, the first thing I did before I really posted that video is I contacted the Reign Naked Chicks podcast. I was like, I'm really interested in the story. Would you be able to send me over some information? So they sent me like a Google Drive full of like screenshots, text messages, voicemails, like police reports, all kinds of stuff. A list yeah. of names to contact with what they knew. And I mean, they did such a good job of the journalism, but they just weren't able to release it, which I got their platform wouldn't have really done it justice so they were trying to get the ball rolling and so i was like damn so i posted it up and i didn't i remained pretty neutral about the situation i just posted like yes i'll be looking into the story all these people came out of the woodwork trying to defend carl he's a good guy they're liars and i was like i know for a fact they're not but (laughs) i'm about to say please keep talking like and what people don't get is by the time I investigate somebody, I already know the truth. Yeah. Like, why would you li- like, if I ask you a question, like if I come to, like, and I'm asking a question about so-and-so just always assume I already know the answer that I'm just baiting to see if you're going to lie to me. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, way leads to way. And I asked Carl, just like I asked them, Hey, would you be willing to like, maybe talk about this or give me a statement? And he did, he, he sent me a statement it's a four page statement, which I cover in detail in the video that I posted on YouTube, uh, that video is called McDojo Breakdown, Stalking, Harassment, and Jiu-Jitsu. And, I, and then after two weeks after he sent me that, because I was traveling, I was doing a lot of stuff. I wasn't able to sit down and like do as much on the story as I wanted to. So two weeks later, I get a cease and desist letter, basically, from his lawyers, like basically threatening to pursue legal action. And they told me to be guided accordingly. I was like, that's stupid. Like, why would yeah. you send me, uh, like a, 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 your statement to release publicly and then two weeks later send me a cease and desist letter? Yeah. I was like, this is stupid. That was,
0: like, was like, oh, I fucked up, guys. Yeah, Can
1: exactly. you cover my ass? Yeah. Oh, dude. Cause as soon as he sent me that, let his statement, I just, I was just looking at lies. Just looking at lie. That's a lie. That's not true. That's not true. I got proof about that. That's not true. And so, like, then he sent me that. And then so my, What I do is I send it to my lawyer. I was like, all right, well, let's see what the weight this guy has. And my lawyer is amazing. He is a shark. And he was like, nah, dude, you know what you usually do? Just do it that way and you're good. I was like, what about the letter? He goes, you can do whatever you want with the letter. He goes, honestly, half of it doesn't even apply to you. And I was like, all right. So like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I do. So I wiped my ass with that letter. And after I wipe my ass with that letter, I set it on fire. And then after I set it on fire, I pissed that letter out. And I posted doing that because Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why. Right. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. And then I posted the story. Well, after I post the story, the plot thickens, right? So the Rear Naked Chicks podcast had was made up of three girls, hmm. women, not to be disrespectful. So these women go on and they're like, yeah, we're going to take the charge and we're going to light this fire and we're going to stand up for this abuse in our industry. Well, one of the instructors in that organization, they trained under girls trained at that academy and the third her name is jordan um she was mentioned and interviewed in my story she disassociated on her own because she realized that no one in the organization was really going to do anything about Carl, so she didn't want to be along to them so she moved to another location good for her and then the other two girls got an ultimatum by their instructor like oh you need to leave this alone or if you don't you need to leave our facility or you can leave it alone and you can stay at the facility so they literally left the Rear Naked Chicks podcast and stayed at that academy, knowing damn well that that dude knew that Carl was a huge piece of shit. Yeah. And like, what's even crazier, like, this is what gets me too. is like, first of all, those two women are hypocrites. Good job for standing up at first, but when it got inconvenient for you, like, what was the worst thing that's going to happen? They were going to kick you out? Okay, you're no longer associated with them, yeah. so you're not associated with people who stand up to defend a guy like Carl, especially one of the dudes... the the instructor himself knew damn well that carl was the way he was and as a matter of fact this is the beauty of having facts and evidence is i can tell you exactly what the fuck that guy said in text messages oh you exactly what that dude said verbatim as a matter of fact Uh, i do believe hold on let's see here he calls carl deceitful um let's see here he spends the truth um uh, he changes his stories. This is all from their instructor. Yeah. Like he knows that Carl is a terrible human being. Yeah, but he refuses to stand up like a grown ass man and go, say something. Got to remove this cancer. And then those two women back down. Yeah, for what inconvenience? Like y'all know y'all can just drive a little extra to go to another academy. Oh, you? that
0: that's that's the part that like pissed me off. And like I said, like it's funny. I I recorded an episode. It's not out yet with uh, Emil Fisher last night, and we were going over the the same like subjects. Like people are willing to bitch and moan and post tweets and this that and the other but then when push comes to shove like all right what are you gonna do nothing yeah. nothing and then you get two assholes like us where you go sit there and put the time out to do the video i mean like you went in you went in two hours what two hours and nine minutes you went in to sit there and give out the facts and then people are like yeah we need to change it change it this is what you need to do oh well i can't you know oh and it's all about loyalty like dude come on
1: like and what happens is what's really astonishing to me is people know that he is this way yeah like i like i after i released that story i haven't heard a thing from carl so the best thing that could happen is he wants to go to court he follows through it would be the best amazing it would be great like first of all um thanks because what's going to happen is I have. He already knows I have evidence and proof of absolutely everything that I said. I I showed evidence and proof of everything that I said on that two-hour video. Mm-hmm. He's like, I never stalked Maggie. It's like this police officer thinks different, motherfucker. <laughs> He's labeled your behavior as stalking and harassment. Yeah. Like, think I get that police report, and then like, it's not even like it's it's the first time. Like he he had to go to court with his ex because of uh, some issues they were having and then she had to file a report against him like this is not new behavior and after I put the story out I had three women who previously had dated Carl contact me thanking me that he that I was doing the story specifically because they went through the similar issues and all three of those women I was like you know I really appreciate you guys standing up and all that good stuff thank you so much and like then I was like would you guys be willing to testify in court if this ever happened they'd be like absolutely oh great At least they have some fucking balls. But like when it comes to like the people in the inner circles, like who know what he's doing and are just trying to save their own asses, like you're pieces of shit, man. Like y'all, y'all have no backbone. Take that fucking black belt off. You know, okay, you can choke people. Congratulations, but you're gonna let that dude continue to do what he does, right?
0: Well that's the funny part, is like that's one of those things that some people either never realize or are never willing to like verbalize the fact that we learn like just because someone has a black belt doesn't mean they're a good human being they just train something like you can still be a piece of shit like that's just what it is it's like and people have such an issue of like vocalizing that i don't understand it so it's like don't get mad about it you're still gonna keep going don't get mad if you're sitting there and oh well you think here's the thing I've definitely burnt bridges. I don't know like about you, but I've definitely burnt bridges with this podcast because I'm willing to say something where I realize, first of all, these motherfuckers aren't paying my bills. Like, they're not paying my bills. They're not my mom. They're not my dad. So whatever the hell they got to say about me, I don't really care. But don't sit there and act like you're you're trying to help out and like help other people and people shouldn't be treated this way. It's like when okay, step up. You're not going to do anything. Then you don't really give a shit. Like you, you want those brownie points to say like, oh, I tweeted this, like, oh, yay me.
1: Well, like, I, I think at the end of the day, whenever like, you know, these students, instructors and, you know, the environment is supposed to be a healthy one. It's supposed to help people. And I would have not had a problem with what happened with Carl if he was a man, like grown man about what he did, like if he owned it. And he said, you know what? These things did happen. I'm aware that I did these things. I don't lie about it. I'm not going to hide it from my students. If that bothers them, then they are more than welcome to leave. I understand they're, that's up to them. But I'm not going to lie about it. And I'm not going to hide it. And most importantly, what he did that was really the scummiest shit ever is when the Rear Naked Chicks podcast did this, this story with Maggie, he called them lying charlatans. When he knew the entire fucking time that he was the one lying. Yeah. And so, if he would, again, be a man. Like, I am a professional asshole. That's what I do for a living. I know that I am a flawed human being and I make mistakes. If anything ever came out about me, I would be like, yeah. I
0: okay. fucked up. I did yeah, it. Like, and yeah.
1: Moving on, who gives a fuck? Because yeah. half the battle is ownership. Whenever you look at, like, his particular thing, I'm not perfect. I'm not, like, the... Trust me, I would never try to give anybody an ethics lesson. That's for not sure. what I'm doing. Right. But what I'm trying to do is I'm at least trying to give people the opportunity who are about to go give that man their money and spend time and dedicate their name to say, because that's what we do, right? As martial yeah. artists, I'm a black belt under so-and-so. Yeah. So you like, are, are saying like that, that person's name is important to you. Yeah. And then when they go and they do that thing, you're representing not only them, you're representing their behaviors and their mannerisms and things that they stand for. Yeah. And so that associates you with them. And then you have people in those martial arts facilities who like his whole thing made it seem like he was trying to separate his personal from his business. Like, oh, that has nothing to do with this. I'm an upstanding martial arts instructor. You might be great at teaching people. That's never been the question. I never asked. I never brought that up. It's not the thing that I'm looking into, but it has affected people on the map. The Two Rear Naked Chicks podcast girls who left, that was something that happened directly because of his behavior. Jordan leaving the Henzo Gracie Association, that was directly because of him. Maggie's boyfriend, who got excommunicated from the Henzo Gracie Association, that was directly because of him. Other people who've reached out to me who left before the story even hit, before I even did the story, the full story. Mm -hmm. I had people reaching out saying that they left when they found out what was going on so for him to try to allude to none of this actually affecting his actual business yeah. is bullshit.
0: yeah it's, bullshit. it's not even like good damage control it's just laziness like okay well even with the cease and desist that you got it's really just like Posturing up like oh i have a lawyer like they're gonna sit there and do stuff like and most people are gonna sit there and look at that piece of paper oh that came from a lawyer i can't afford legal fees right now like i i can't yeah i'm just gonna back out of the fight well, so it's like,
1: like oh i've looked at this in the long game like i'm always prepared for this so like yeah. I, I'm, you know, my lawyer are homies like my lawyer <laughs> has nothing to worry about he's I'm, usually quite bored i'm you know? gonna have
0: to link up with him at one point too you're gonna have to give me his number because for I sure i'm gonna get it at some point
1: <laughs> but like you know like And then when I talk to him and I try to find out, you know, what I what I can and can't get away with or what I can and can't do, it always boils down to one simple thing. People can sue you for anything. Mm -hmm. They can take you to court for anything. Smart people don't do that because there's usually the ability to counter sue. Like, for instance, if he wanted to get me for like a defamation case, those are very hard to win. But if he did want to get me for a defamation lawsuit, okay, we go to court, we'll have to spend those legal fees. All right, I got money. (laughs) Let's, Let's do it. But eventually what's going to happen is when he does lose that case, because he knows he would lose that case, because I provide facts and evidence of everything that I said and more that I have like that, I just didn't put out on this on that particular uh, story. It was a five hour video. I cut down to two. That's
0: a lot. People don't realize how difficult that is.
1: I promise you there's shit on, I have that I just didn't release. And he knows it. He knows. Like, I have eyewitnesses. I have, Everybody I talked to on that list, I asked if they'd be willing to testify in court. They all said yes. I prepared the story for legal action. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's go. This is going to be great. But if he really thinks about this, all right, cool, take me to court. All right, cool, we'll go to court. We'll, we'll play that game. That's cool. I'll pull out all the eyewitnesses. We'll pull out all the, uh, you know, not only the police report because he confesses in it. Uh, So that's one way that you can actually use police reports. Usually police reports are hearsay. So they're not usually admissible in court unless a couple reasons. And one of those happens to be a confession, which, by the way, he confesses and the police report. So thanks, brother. We'll we'll, we'll use that. Then, of course, we have to talk about like, you know, he, he was previously married. And during that time, we can talk about one of the girlfriends that reached out and contacted me that said that she was dating him during that time. Didn't know that he was married and find out. So we can have her up on the stand, too. um, So we can talk about character. And then on top of that, we can continue down that path and talk about maybe, you know, this is a beautiful thing called the Freedom of Information Act. And it lets you find out all kinds of shit about people. And one of my favorites was the fact that this isn't the first time he's had these issues or even gone to court for these issues. And so we can bring that up, too. We can have a good old time in court. I'm going to get out. I got a nice suit. It's very nice. I've been waiting for a reason to use it. Uh, and it'll be fun because then once he loses, I can hit him for a defamation suit that would stick because him calling me a liar and saying that I lied, which he hasn't done yet. I'm not saying that yeah. he's done that. Notice he hasn't he said shit since I brought out my story. Oh, yeah. But but if he did call me a liar and publicly tried to slander me or say that, you know, the facts and the things that I stated were incorrect, uh, then technically that would be grounds for a real defamation case. And it'd be really easy to win if I just proved and won his lawsuit against yeah. me so i can't wait i say let's do it bring it up yeah we'll it's, it's stupid
0: me. what blows my mind the most are the people that go out of their way to defend scumbags like that like where they go take their time to text message you or like dm you saying like he's a good guy like that girl's lying you don't know what you're talking about like send them the screenshots be like this this oh. is your professor like
1: Like one of his one of his students like he he wrote he really did harass me and i had to actually say the words like stop contacting attacking me or i have to like take this a step further and get a hold of the authorities because it was like really crazy yeah he he sent me a comment on instagram which isn't crazy but the same time he's sending me comments on instagram he's also commenting on my youtube same time just like going back and forth youtube instagram it's the same dude then he's like uh you know I offered like I was, hey, man, you can just go live with me. He was like, I'll call you. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to call you. I'm not giving you my phone number. So he has sent me an email with like his phone number and stuff. And so I have him like in all these different messages. He's contacting me through all of them. And I'm trying to be polite to acknowledge that I see the messages. So he's commenting. He's commenting. I'm responding to those. And then he sends me an email. I respond to that. And then he's in the DMs and he's at the same time doing all these. I was like, this is psycho, man. Just talk to me. Let's go yeah. live. Like I offer everybody. Yeah. And we'll talk live and we'll discuss it. He did join me live. And when he joined me live, I asked him some basic questions that should, anyone should be able to answer. I asked him, hey, man, did you watch the full two hour video? No. He was like, no, I did not watch the full two hour video. I was like, well, at least you're honest. And he wrote that also in the comment section. And I was like, all right, well, did you at least see the police report? And he was like, Well, I did. And I was like, so you saw on the police report where the police officer labeled his actions as stalking and harassment, and he confesses to setting up using an app to set up multiple phone numbers to continue to call her, even though she did not want to talk to him. And then on top of that, when the police asked him, hey, come into the police station so we can talk about this, rather than going directly to the police station, he went to the house, and then they had to kick him off the property, and then he went to the police station. So, like, he has this way of, like, manipulating the truth. He was like, once the police told me about what happened, I no longer tried to contact her. Yeah, motherfucker, after you went to the house and got kicked off the property, (laughs) then talked to the police, then you didn't do it. So it's, like, it's funny. So I asked him, I was like, did you see the police report where it stated and labeled his actions as stalking and harassment? He goes, I don't know about that. I was like, you said you saw it. (laughs) How do you not know? This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. So, like... There's a cognitive dissonance when it comes to people like this, where what they don't understand is it's okay to like him. I have not told you not to. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to continue to train there, even though he has done these things. What's not okay is to sit there and say that he has like some type of holier than thou integrity when he doesn't, when he clearly lied about the activity and tried to like ruin these women's names for his behavior. like that's ridiculous it's
0: like it's even worse like it's not only did you make the mistake yes you made the mistake now you're going to compound it by saying oh i didn't do it when we all see that you did and then you take it a step further where you're sitting there and trying to intimidate people that are trying to defend themselves from your actions and you still are calling them a liar like dude you went back like you went back and you sit there you start like threatening people or you start it's like whatever is going on like no like you you start losing that that argument so then it makes it even worse when this guy contacts you like oh well i don't know about the police reports like okay so you're telling me if this was your daughter somebody she dated came in you told them hey buddy you need to go fuck off and then he starts coming back and coming back. How many times is it going to take for that guy to come back before you grab your gun? Tell me, tell me that answer. Cause if it's like, if it's anything close to the lie, be like, tell you what, I'm going to go hit on your daughter right now. I'm going to go start talking to your daughter. I'm going to treat her like absolute crap. Like what are you going to do about it? Like, I mean,
1: this is, I look at his statement, right? And his statement has things like highlighted and emboldened. Um, Let's see here at the at the outset, I would like to state very clearly that I have never engaged in physical or sexual abuse of any woman and, phys- and uh, empathetically deny these slanderous and defamatory statements. And it's like, okay, like, all right, slanderous and defamatory. That's interesting. I, I think those are interesting words that he's using, but these are the cute ones. Like he- heavily edited screenshots do not provide any insight into the truth of what transpired in the aforesaid relationship. He's talking about, like, a video that got posted, right? That Mm -hmm. clearly showed that he used an app and showed him contacting her through all these different phone numbers. And then in the police report, he admits to doing that. So how on earth does that not show what happened? Because it clearly showed, beyond a doubt, of a little insight into what happened.
0: Like, Like, you got it, like, you... it The level of dumb fuck on it is so deep because at the end of the day, like, the... All that you would have to have done to get away with all this is keep your mouth fucking shut when you went to the cops. If they would have said, like, hey, is this you? Did you do this? It wasn't me. I don't know. Like, that's That's it. You keep your mouth shut. Right? (laughs) It's like I could have sworn it's something about pleading the fifth. Like, you just keep your fucking mouth shut. But you went as far as, like, yeah, it was me. I did it. And then afterwards saying, no, it wasn't me. Like
1: It's like. Like, I just I'm I'm dumbfounded. I think what it really is is I think it's I and this is again, this is my personal opinion. I already stated everything in the yeah. video on YouTube. But my personal opinion is, is I think that he's so used to just being able to manipulate those people mm-hmm. in circles that he just gets he usually gets away with it. Yeah. You know, I think that he's intimidated so many people. And it's like even one of the text messages that I saw and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not going to pull it back up because that particular person is on the back burner right now just in case we go to court right right. um but in one of those one of those messages you know he the guy was like yeah i can ball carl up when we roll he goes but he manipulates me all the time and i was like if he can manipulate me and i can kick his ass he goes i can't imagine what he'd do to those women." like so it's it's really interesting how you can have definitive evidence and proof nowadays and show facts and then people will still pretend like, I again, I'm not telling anybody not to train them. I've never said that. I'm not telling anybody not to like the guy. You can like people for their faults. People still have faults and you can still like them. That's OK. Yeah. I'm not saying any of that shit. All I'm saying is the things that he said didn't happen clearly fucking happened. Yeah, And so when he's trying to sit there and slander someone else's name and then say that it's defamatory towards him, it's like, what fucking planet are you living on?
0: It's like, how short was that bus that you took to school?
1: (laughs) Jesus. And so, like, you know, I just I think it's really fucked up. And I really hope that more people like look into that and really look at the story and look at the evidence and look at what's provided. You know, I told him I told them, uh, everyone involved. I was on no one's side, which is absolutely true. But the truth and Mm -hmm. the truth is like they helped me they provided all the evidence that that needed and and then what's even crazier is his statement and the public statement he released included blackmail he like clearly has it listed like on the statement he was like well if we go any further i guess i have to release these videos that will clearly make maggie not look good yeah motherfucker she might be psycho i don't give a shit She like clearly has stated that yes, she was not perfect. She clearly stated that she had issues as well. None of that was even in question. Yeah. But the thing was is like when you sit there and you try to say, Well, I recorded her and she was doing all these things to herself, that doesn't make you look good. Yeah. It makes you look worse. Yeah. And then
0: like you're not- you're literally continuing admitting to being that person she took the route of yes i did that because i wasn't in a good mental space you're like well i'm going to sit there and extort her some more and make her feel <laughs> like shit like dude listen like stop <laughs> just
1: stop it's, yeah just l- let it be the best like and i'm uh, i'm giving him a strategy here but it's just the truth the best thing he could do is just shut the fuck up take the L move on with life the best thing he could do because if he decided to move forward like All the stuff I haven't released yet that he knows exists. (laughs) Yeah. Like that obviously that would hit, that would come out. Like just take the fucking L, man. Yeah.
0: It's like, and it's not even like, I mean, let's be honest. We kind of want to see you burn for being a douchebag. Like we want to see the guy burn for being that kind of douchebag. But even then it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like you can't be that stupid. Like it literally, it could blow away. With you sitting there and doing one, two, three, that's it. So whoever you have guiding you or representing you, PR, whatever, lawyer, you need to get rid of them because they're definitely not helping you out on this one, bud. Yeah, they're definitely not helping you out.
1: The letter that I got sent, like right off the bat, like the first paragraph had a blatant lie in it. And I'm like, they gotta know that like, I don't think they know that I know the truth. Like I don't think yeah. they know that, like I'm actually like pretty good at investigative journalism and I'm gonna look and fact check and find out what's going on. Like it's a scare tactic, but that's okay. I'm not. Yeah. So
0: question at what point in time were you making the decision of, do I frame this and keep it or do I wipe my ass and burn it?
1: You know, I'm still thinking about framing it. Like I can just like,
0: just get it in a cube. Just get it in the cube.
1: (laughs) That'd be great. But that's what I thought about the letter. So I'm like, I never have been one to hold back on who I am and how I react to things and how I talk. And you know, I know that, I'm not perfect in any way, and but when whenever I see like something like that, the first thing that popped in my head, I was like, "This is fucking toilet paper, son. I'm gonna wipe my ass." With it. This is the
0: fanciest piece of like three ply embossed toilet paper I've ever used.
1: It's <laughs> very rough on the anus. I don't suggest it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not very high gloss. They did they didn't go with the high gloss eggshell paper, no, so
1: i should have stepped up my game this is my fault because it was you know i printed it i probably should have gotten a little softer
0: paper. oh yeah that's why yeah so wait so at what point in time did you realize you fucked up and you were burning it in a piece of plastic and not like a, a metal garbage can no, i
1: did that on purpose like i bought like a dollar trash can from like the dollar store and i was like i know this shit's gonna melt and then, like, somebody online was so funny. They were like, you know, you probably should have done that on the grill. I was like, yeah, but if I do that on the grill. It's I can't pee on it. <laughs> on it and I got to cook on my grill. I was like, it just makes sense to get the dollars full of plastic bin. <laughs>
0: it's like Mother, Mother Nature is going to have to take the take the hit on this one. I'm trying to make a point here. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have done it any other way. I Like I said, to me, this... That's it you could you could go ahead and submit that to to the Khans film festival. you'd be good to go.
1: And I'm really curious because if we ever do have like a deposition like if that ever does happen like that's gonna have to come up <laughs> like I'm gonna have to talk about that with a straight face. <laughs> it's
0: like exhibit b this was a piece of paper that I printed and pissed on cause to show my my disapproval of the letter. it's like this it's like. Come on! It's like, what's this supposed to show? Uh, it's supposed to show the mindset of uh, the defendant, Your Honor. Uh, there you go, dude. I I thought it was hilarious. I'm curious to see, I, but from your point of view, and we we touched on it a little bit earlier, the the two ladies that backed down and decided to stay and get off the the podcast. Where do you see them coming from? Like to you know make that exactly
1: the- coming from? I think that martial arts has has a weird way of controlling people because usually people join martial arts because they're coming from a position of feeling weak Mm -hmm. so like and i was one of those people i i started martial arts because i was bullied and picked on Mm -hmm. and then you have like people who are starting martial arts because they were harassed or people who were starting martial arts because they're small and they want to feel more powerful and stuff like that but what happens is it winds up feeling like people who won the lottery um, when you come from a place of being poor, and then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of money drops in your lap, usually people don't know how to handle that money because they've never had it before. So they just piss it away. They, they blow it. They don't know how to invest it. They just don't know because they've never had that kind of money. Well, confidence is the same thing. It could be very addicting, like ha- being around strong, supportive people, like people who are in your classrooms. I'm not even talking about the instructors. I'm talking about just people who are like-minded. To come from a place like you. And then you had maybe nobody to really lean on. And then all of a sudden you have this big group of people to lean on. And, you know, um, even when you look at something like what's going on with Carl, like Carl right now, like it's just blatant fact that he did what he said he didn't do. But then you have this organization that he can lean on and that feels good. And it makes you feel powerful. But unfortunately, they're doing it and they're doing it at the expense of other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Whereas
1: these girls, you know, yeah, I don't think they're looking at it from a perspective of like what's real. Like this, it becomes a LARP. It becomes a live action role play. We're going in there and putting on that gi, and feeling like you're superior and feeling like, you know, I'm getting better at jujitsu and I'm working towards a common goal. It becomes a lie. You know, it's not, that's not necessarily what's going on. There are more important things than that. There's more important things than the reality. And the reality is jujitsu is a hobby, As much as that might hurt people's feelings and as as much as it can impact you, basketball is a hobby. It's changed people's lives, sure, but it's a Mm. fucking hobby, right? And so when people go to jujitsu, they forget that this is a service. So I go in and whether you let me do it for free or I pay you, you're still trading me a skill. And so that skill I now learn and I can use that to better myself or better my environment, but it's still just that. You can get that anywhere. And so they're mistaken what's going on for the hobby. So yeah. they could just go in and go, what's more important? Standing up against somebody who's quite literally has a track record of doing this shit. And is probably going to do it again. Or a little inconvenience because I might have to drive a little farther. Yeah. That's all that is. That's fucking true. Oh, my God. Like, that's be so inconvenient for me. So I'm just going to like, go ahead and just do this and stay here when I know that my instructor for sure is standing up and not saying anything at all. Here, I'll give you an example. I think this is an important example. I talk about this often. Over the years, it started off as a very crude, dirty joke, and I've turned it into something that's a little bit more couth. Imagine martial arts itself is a skyscraper building, and each floor is dedicated to a different martial art. First floor is karate, second floor, jujitsu, taekwondo is on the third, and so on. And every day you go in and you check in at the front desk, Then you take the elevator up and you go to whatever your martial art is. But every day you go in, you look to your left, and you see a guy trying to set that building on fire. Mm. What most people think is, well, you know what? I'm just going to worry about me. I'm going to worry about my students. I'm going to worry about making myself better. And you know what? I'm just going to ignore that because it's not my problem. Mm. Well, the opposite of good is not evil. It's indifference. It's good people who had the opportunity to say something and chose to keep to themselves. Because you know what's going to happen when you keep ignoring that guy trying to set the building on fire? Eventually, he's going to fucking succeed. Yeah. And you're still in the building along with everybody else. So these instructors are like, I'm just going to stay out of it. You had all this shit to say behind the scenes. Yeah. All these text messages where you're talking mad shit about that dude. And you have the opportunity knowing damn well that you can do something about it and you choose not to not only are you just as bad, you're fucking worse. Yeah, You're worse. You're enabling the shit. You're allowing it to happen. And then for that guy, that instructor to give that ultimatum to those two women and say, well, you need to fucking either leave or you need to leave that alone. And yeah. then make them do that shit makes you look like a terrible fucking human being too. Yeah. Like and well that's the other
0: part like that's my issue when it comes to like a lot of these podcasts there's there's a lot of fucking douchebag bullshit podcasts for jujitsu. oh we're about the jujitsu jitsu community it's like no you're not because you've never touched any of the sensitive subjects you've never called people out that make the community worse you've never done anything to actually support the community and it's the same thing like you said like even as much of bullshit we're going to get on on the algorithm or whatever for talking about it like when it comes to the shootings people know that these people are unstable they know that these people have talked about doing what they want to do but you let them slide every time so at one point it's going to escalate to where they want it or far far worse so what are you going to do are you going to be worried about oh well i don't want to upset people i don't want to get canceled i don't want to get kicked out it's like you could have sat there and been the one that bit, that would have said, hey, this guy is doing this. He's getting out of hand. Someone needs to do something about it. I'll stand up for it. There, done. We just caught the guy that was going to end up raping somebody else. He was getting ready. He was stalking some girl and he was going to rape her. But no, you decided, hey, I don't want to get kicked out of the school by calling out this douchebag. Someone could have just gotten raped and lost their life. Like,
1: I think that people's priorities are fucked up. Like in the martial arts industry, something that I notice is we put a priority on people who are good at hurting people, mm-hmm. like people who are effective, like people who are effectively good at injuring another human being. We put them up on a high pedestal. Nowhere else do we put those people on a pedestal. If you go to any prison in the world, you're going to see a whole bunch of people who are really effective at injuring, hurting, and maybe even killing people. No one gives them these titles of honor. No one's like, that guy's got a lot of integrity as yeah. he's doing his fucking last set in a six by six jail cell. No one does that, right? Yeah. No one goes, you know what? We're at a board meeting hanging out, right? We've got the CEO, the CFO, the head of R&D, right? We're all sitting down having a conversation about how to lead this company. And then the janitor comes in and we go, you know what? Shut the fuck up. We can't listen to you now. The janitor can kick all of our asses. Let's see what he has to say about this subject. That shit would never happen because martial arts is one of the only industries where you really put that as a priority over anything else. Well, I mean, you can sit there
0: and do that with any basically any sport. It's literally any sport. The amount of football players that have gotten in trouble repeatedly, even like in entertainment. How many artists do we know right off the bat that have gotten away with stuff like for years? How many actors do you know that have gotten away with stuff for years? that everybody knows it became an ongoing joke so unless it becomes the popular thing to do to go after that one person it never gets dealt with it's just the way that it is why because nobody wants to be the one that that kicks up the dust or you don't want to be the one that kicks up the dust and takes the l for it because everyone like no one's going to have your back no one wants to stand out on it
1: i'm really curious what's going to happen when i go to ADCCs. So, so, like, dude, oh, I'll be
0: there. I'm there. I got like, so I'll see you there for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so Mo is amazing, or he has yeah. been amazing to me at least. And so, he was covering the fight sports thing when the fight sports thing, yeah. going down. And I rarely, when I see stuff like that, like don't go like head in on the story. But Mo and Avery from Jujitsu Times, the writer for Jujitsu Times, or at least I think she is or she was. But um, both doing amazing job for journalism. And I'm like, well, what do I got to say? Like, I'm just going to regurgitate what they're saying. So I'm just sharing their stuff, right? Just yeah. like, hey, y'all got it. Y'all got so much more info than I do. Let's go. I'm going to do a story after it's all said and done. But then Mo went above and beyond, and he wound up getting to the story in the New York Times. Yeah. And I was like blown away by that. But, you know, it'll be interesting because you're, I'm sure that some of those people who got covered in that story will be at ADCC. I'm sure some of those people who are like Carl sympathizers will be at ADCC. And I'm going to walk in there with my fucking hat on and a smile on my goddamn face because if the stories that I covered where I provided absolute truths bother you. You're the problem too. Yeah. And I'll tell you to kiss my ass to your fucking face too. Yeah. Like what are you going to beat me up? Well, welcome to reality land. Cause in reality land, you don't just get to beat people up to solve your problems. Yeah. In reality land, when you do that, you're just buying me a new car. Yeah. So I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> yeah, so go for it. And like and you're lucky that it's it's in LA or in Vegas and not in Florida. That's why they're not doing it yeah. ACC in Florida. Nope. Everybody's got the the idea, it's like, oh well, I'm just gonna grapple. Like motherfucker, like this isn't class. We have <laughs> other ways to handle stuff out here. So yeah. It's, yeah remind me
1: really insane to me and again it becomes its own little world it becomes yeah. like almost like a live action dnd where people think that that is reality and it becomes their reality yeah and it's scary to see and over the years uh, a, a decade now which is crazy to me of me doing mcdojo life over those years i've seen some of the craziest stuff you could possibly think of and people will still try to justify it
0: okay 100 there's a
1: guy named edon Abelnik. He shot a student doing gun disarms with live ammunition. Shot a student, right? And then he admits to doing it. He ripped multiple people off, like we're talking at least a dozen or so, by setting up multiple seminars around the world. He was also one who threatened to sue me, by the way. He never followed yeah. through. Um, but he th- he set up multiple seminars around the world, never showed up. When people asked publicly, hey, could you give us refunds? He was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> His students were like, oh, well, he never did the gun disarm thing with live ammunition after that. So I find videos of him doing it after that. I get in contact with the gun range owner of in South Africa. The guy does a full interview with me. He talks about how one of his students walked into the lobby with a loaded AR. And like, you can't do that at any gun range. It's a, good yeah. thing to catch a bullet. Uh, but then like all these lies, all of which he admits to all of these these things he admits to i put out a video and people are like man i don't understand why you would lie about this man i was like he admitted to all yeah. <laughs> my, my question has always been this whenever i deal with followers what is it that i said that was wrong and yeah. it's always crickets or change the subject always
0: yeah so well you know it's because you said this and but like what <laughs> was wrong they're just Speak- like
1: they change it
0: <laughs> so whatever ended up happening with the the detroit dust guy
1: I mean, Detroit Dust, he decided that he was going to pivot. He did the, a very interesting pivot. I think most people forget that he's been around doing this for, like, 30 years or something. Yeah. Vice did a documentary on him about about him, like, years and years and years ago. before. Yeah. He name. So, like, I had posted a video, which is still up on my TikTok, uh, which I'm amazed because TikTok hates firearms. Like, so if you post anything that has a firearm, a knife, a bat, like, TikTok will automatically, like... Oh, it's gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I posted this video up and it's like one of his instructors, I think someone wearing his like security outfit and then his like daughter and someone's pointing the gun at the daughter and the daughter like ducks her head out of the way, grabs the gun, turns it. And then all of a sudden she has the gun quite ridiculous. Right. And so he posted that. And so I was like, this is stupid. And it was one of the only times, this is another reason I don't typically tag these people, but this is one of the only times I actually tagged them. I was like, you should be ashamed of yourself for teaching this to a kid. And then it blew up. It got 17 million views, yeah. 17 million, right? It was the most viral thing I had ever done. And this was like, what people forget is when I first did this story, Dale had like, I had more followers than Dale, yeah, right? yeah. but he has a management team. And so he goes viral, right? And get this, he goes viral for that. And I get a phone call like the next day from one of his students, like, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, you're using his daughter and stuff. Like, that. I was like, I just reposted it. He yeah. his daughter like you're mad at me yeah like, it's ridiculous man and so people start roasting dale online and then all of a sudden i see dale getting roasted by pages that i would never imagine would roast him uh you know the algorithm for instagram recently changed and on that algorithm i i got like i get sent like pages now that i wouldn't follow that i don't follow <laughs> and one of them was a walking group and they used dale brown's photo they like photoshopped his head on how not to walk correctly like they memed him on how yeah. not to walk. So he's like now the international face of incompetence. Like now people are confused because Dale pivoted. He was like, okay, well, rather than just taking this hard stance, I'm going to joke around with it. I'm yeah. still going to teach it. And I'm still going to show people things that are quite ridiculous that would never work. And he's still serious about it. But then when he started doing stuff like with other um, YouTubers, Instagram or stuff like that, people got really confused. Yeah. They thought that he was joking, like Master Ken. And then he went on Master Ken's show and people thought he was really joking then. It's like what people forget is like this dude has been doing this for a long time. Yeah. He's not joking. Like he's had people in his, his outfit, like people who work for him get shot. He's had people work for him get stabbed. Like, and he's always like, Well, I've never had anyone die on the job. Yeah, I'm about to kill those salesmen who've never died on the job either. Yeah. Mean anything.
0: Yeah, you were, you were kind of pivotal on, on getting him to start really going viral because it's when your initial call out, they got shared so much like through the jujitsu community and then the MMA fighters picked it up and then it just kept on building and building. So when it got to the point where you see him cornering a fighter at the UFC, like what was going on through your head where you're like, that son of a bitch, he did it. He didn't make the right PR spin.
1: No, no, no. I didn't think that at all. I thought that um, Buckley did my job for me. The fighter did my job for me. Yeah, you watch the interview, the po- the post fight interview. Buckley was like, "I want to thank Dale Brown for all the views and all the people who are watching right now." Like he wasn't like, "Thank you so much for your like hardcore training." Like you changed the way I look at MMA. Like Dale Brown's been shitting on MMA this entire time, and all yeah. of a sudden, actually, he's cornering an MMA fighter. No, yeah. it was a deal that they made one of them gets legitimacy because an MMA fighter is now like saying he's legit, which is bullshit. Cause we know that's not true. Yeah. Like, and then the other is getting publicity through that person's like follower count. Like at the end of the day, man, when it comes to Dale, Dale knows what he is like, and I had something personal happen with Dale, which really put me over the top when it comes to like, not liking this man. And I have a feeling that what he's going to do is he's going to eventually like run dry. Like he's kind of been running dry lately. You know, not yeah. like, stuff shared. Is eventually what he's gonna to start to do is he's gonna go, okay, well, now that we're kind of running dry on views, we're gonna start like kind of going after some of those bigger pages that were calling us out first. And what's gonna happen is, I'm I, like, I, I, me and Tom DeBlass talk often, and Tom DeBlass offered him $50,000 yeah. to spar one of his female students. Obviously, he's never taken that up, right? Yep. And then so it's like, all right, well, I have a feeling he's holding on to those as reserves. So that way, whenever he starts trickling down and he's not getting as much he'd go for from, it, you know, he'll be like, oh, well, let's go. You know what's going to happen? Nobody's going to be fucking waiting for you. Yeah. Like, okay. well, now you're just going to have to flounder. I'm sorry. Your 15 minutes of fame is over. We're, the adults now are going to go back to actually doing things that help our organizations and our community.
0: Well, you were, you were, you were trying to set up something with him, like the one-on-one Absolutely. kind of thing, and he yeah. just kept on ducking you.
1: Well, kind of. So, like, that situation, I don't think a lot of people know about. Like, yeah. if you followed, like, we're following our shit, like, yeah. you we're paying attention, it's all out there for people to see. It's still probably on his stories as well. Yeah. So, when he wrote me after I did my piece on him on, on YouTube, and whenever I did that piece on YouTube, he wrote, like, a fucking paragraph. Yeah, I remember, yeah. And I was like, well, I'd be more than happy to, like, meet up with you. Like, but right now, at that time, my stepfather was in hospice care mm-hmm. because he had Alzheimer's. And so, it was a really hard time for me. And but I still got to work like I'm just like anybody else, even though you have a hard time, you still have to work. This just happens to be my job. And so like I was I let him know I was like, I'd be more than happy to do this after this month. And I think it was like June or something of that, that, that year. And I was like, let's get back to the table after that, because I had expected my stepfather to have passed away by that time. Well, he outlived what they said that he was going to outlive. And so at that time, though, he was on his deathbed like yeah. we're talking. he could have died any day at that point. Well, then Dale like goes on and rather than sending me a direct message and saying, Hey man, are we, are we back to doing this right now? I would have told them the same thing. Look, my stepfather is in hospice. I can't be away from here right now. I will set it up after this is all done. Cause even after someone passes away, you still have to deal with handling their things, especially yeah. helping my mom out, being there for her, you know, like it's not easy when your spouse dies and I want to be there for all that shit. Right. So and funeral arrangements. yeah And so he like rather than coming to me, he goes and he posts on his stories on his yeah. Instagram. Oh, it's this time of date. We haven't heard anything from McDojo life. And I'm like, yo, dude, like my stepfather's passing away. This isn't the right time. And all day he's just posting in his stories. And I'm like, look, dude, like, first of all, I would never go to his actual facility for all the reasons yeah. that legally would be stupid to do. Like, go to someone's facility. First of all, they don't have to allow you to film. Second of all, they cannot allow you in the building. Third, when you do get there, they can hit you for trespassing at any time and kick you out. Fourth, you're in the bee's nest. You're surrounded by all of their people. Like, no, motherfucker, like, we're going to be an equal opportunity. We're going to meet at a neutral facility. And when we get there, we'll do this scientifically. And I'll actually have experts, subject matter experts from each one of those things, like a firearms expert, a jujitsu expert, and all those people. And we'll test your stuff scientifically, like adults. Right, and then like he just started going on. I was like, "You piece of shit!" Yeah. Like, and then not too long after that, he was like talking about how Chris Kyle would have been alive if he would have actually done Dale Brown's training. It's like, so your goal now is just to be a big prick. Yeah, and I was like, if "That's what you're going to be. You're more than welcome to do that. I'm glad that you got the fame and the money, but you know you're a piece of shit."
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. You can't deny
1: now and so it's like oh well we protect Detroit you're not the only security company in Detroit motherfucker the other thing is also like, you're you doing know. a shit
0: job if you think you're protecting Detroit because yeah, it ain't working like, out too well yeah, right well, now <laughs> well,
1: thanks for like all those, the shootings that are still happening like you're doing great and he does his facility look at, up his website His facility isn't even in Detroit it's in Fern yeah. it's like 30 minutes away it's yeah
0: like, it's like I'm sorry like if you're going to be serious about it don't put the airsoft guns on the wall and then you had the, like the, the, I forget who it was. I forget the, the, it was like a jujitsu blue belt or something that tried to go in there and expose Kenji. him. Dude, that was so dumb. I that, that, like, I don't know Kenji, but that guy pissed me out. I was like, dude, you really like, you weren't the right person to represent us on that one.
1: You know, what's really fucked up just to add to this. Like the, the level of like how I see Dale Brown as less than a good person is like when Kenji went in there, right? He had to lie in order to film. Yeah. They weren't going to let him film. So he had to, like, fib in order to be able to film. And like I said before, like, they don't have to let you film, right? Yeah. In their business. So he was able to finally let them film. Then, of course, he gets one over on Dale Brown. Dale Brown tries to do the gun disarm. He pulls back, and he's able to, like, pop off, like, six shots. Yeah. That would have definitely ended him, right? So then what what's really fucked up, though, is he was there for, like, an entire class. Yeah. So while he was there, Dale Brown had asked Kenji to, like, you could see that he wants to demonstrate a technique. Anybody who's ever done a martial art ever knows the difference between a resisting opponent and a non-resisting opponent. Mm -hmm. So Kenji's giving up his arm so that way Dale Brown could show a wrist lock. Like he's clearly talking to other people. Like he's showing the technique. And Kenji has given him the arm. And then after Kenji released the video of like him doing the shoot thing, right? And yeah. then getting one Up on Dale Brown, Dale Brown releases a video and says like, "Oh, here's me dragging him around like a little bitch." Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. No, you purposely tried to hurt somebody who was a willing participant, and then you tried to brag about hurting. Yeah. A like you're a piece of shit. Like
0: and that's what I'm saying. It's like I wish it would have been somebody else. And like again, no disrespect to Kenji, but like you definitely didn't approach that one the right way. You didn't. You didn't come at that one the right way. Because if you were gonna resist the first one, you should have resisted the wrist lock too. You should have just kept going with it. So it's like, man, you gave this guy more fuel to to add to his fire. So I'm sure I just he was
1: made Dale Brown look like a piece of shit. Oh, like, for sure.
0: Like, but I mean, he didn't him. need that. He didn't need that, like, clip for it to happen. It's like...
1: They don't even spar. Like, how can you know if your stuff is... you like, my stuff's pressure tested on the streets. It works in the hard streets of Detroit. Like, you know, there's a paperboy, like, riding through Detroit right now, whipping papers around, not mugged, not shot, never yeah. learned anything from Dale Brown ever, and he's going to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing and be okay.
0: It's, like, situations like that that, as illegal as it is and i'm not telling anybody to do this i would love to be able to like hire someone just to pretend to rob him just to sit there and hold him at like gunpoint and be like dude just get like a like an airsoft gun paint it all black and pretend to rob him." i want to okay. see how quick he gives up on everything
1: i actually have a solution for his oh well we don't spar we do this for real in the streets like i have a solution for that because i've, I've heard that over the years and over the years, you get these, like, self-defense type people who have never sparred, never put on gloves, never actually, yeah. like, gone against people who've trained and stuff like that. And they always go, well, I can't do this because I kill you. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, like, no one believes that. Right. Um, because you can bite, pinch, and eye gouge. But I didn't need to take a class to learn how to bite, pinch, and eye gouge. Like, I was yeah. like, born with that ability. So there's a thing called um, the Mutual Combat Law. You ever yeah. this? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what happened with that Phoenix superhero, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you were able to actually fist fight another human being. And I do believe it's in Washington. Mm. You're able to fist fight another human being if you both just simply agree. Yeah. And so like a police officer will watch you guys throw down. So like the solution is, is like, how much is Dale Brown weigh, Right. Just to be fair, yeah. find a guy who's a martial artist, a martial arts instructor, like let me handpick. Right. And then we'll, we'll take that guy. And then you can test your street effective techniques, but then he can as well. And of course he would also know what he's doing and then uh you can just do that let's, let's see that works. look
0: if it's hand-to-hand grappling i volunteer you let me know if i have to co-weight i'm all for it i'm all for it it'd be a fucking amazing to do and that you know that's the funny part like i'm sure you get it i've gotten the craziest messages of people like talking trash to me like wanting to fight and like done let's go like just let me know send me the ticket i will fly out there i will go to you i'll set up the tournament let's go or, like, oh, I'll come down to you. It's like, I'm not difficult to find, my man. Like, I'm very easy to find. You let me know. I'll get the gym. Like, we'll like we'll make it happen. I can get you in any tournament. I've had guys, like, that run tournaments. Like, like I've sent it the message. Like, look, this guy wants to fight me. Can you give me a super fight of your thing? You don't have to pay me or anything. Like, I will have everything set up. 100%. Soon as I send that notification, like, send me the contract. We'll get it done. Crickets. Nothing. Nothing.
1: Well, you know, like, I think at the end of the day, Dale's a businessman. I think that that's his thing that he's good at. I think he's a good businessman. Yeah. But I think that it, like, I think the definitive fact about Dale, like, if you really wanted to see if he was a good person or not, all boils down to this: a good instructor cares about the betterment of their students. Mm-hmm. That's how you can tell if you have a good instructor. Do they want the students to grow? It's not about them. It's about the students. So if Dale has access right now to Navy SEALs who've called this stuff garbage. Tactical firearms instructors who call themselves garbage. I know Navy SEALs call them stuff his stuff garbage because I'm sponsored by a Navy SEAL run company who calls this stuff garbage. Um, you know, tactical firearms instructors, like for instance, uh, you know, um, Tim Kennedy called them out and called this stuff garbage, right? Hey. And you know, uh, martial artists, MMA fighters, self-defense experts, all these people, the best of the best in what they do, calling what he does garbage. What a good instructor would do is take a step back put their ego aside for a second, go, you know what? This person says my stuff is garbage. I don't need to fight them over this. Why don't I just bring them in? Maybe they're right. Show us how to do it better so I can better my students because you don't know everything about everything and then help your students become better because you have access to people who are better than you. Yeah. But instead, he doubles down on ego and just thinks, oh, Detroit. And people are like, yeah, you live in Detroit, so you have to know what you're doing. Like, what the fuck is that? there's plenty of people in detroit who can't fight yeah
0: <laughs> like i've been to detroit i made it out i didn't need and i didn't know anything how to do any kind of disarms and stuff like it's doable it's very you know, doable
1: like, i mean i i think about like kid rock like kid rock made it out I, i've never seen he's doing
0: just fine, fine. I think he's going the sistema route. That's what he's doing. He decided to go the sistema route, but the only difference is that sistema still has people like defending them. Like I haven't seen any of like Dale's students really go out of their way to defend him.
1: No, they usually there's a couple people who try to defend him, but usually like their logic makes absolutely no sense. And like it's it's just interesting. Like he had one guy actually. I kind of like this dude. Man, he did work for Dale he put out a video about like his time working for Dale. Yeah. He was very like, you know, there was some stuff he didn't agree with. And there was a lot of stuff that, you know, some stuff is good. Some stuff's not. And he does work with Dale. And that guy actually did go live with me. And we had like a really long, like three hour discussion about things that Dale's put out. And, you know, some of the stuff he was able to like convince me because I'm, I'm open to being wrong. Right. He right. Like, yeah, some of these stuff th- stuff's misinterpreted. This is some of the stuff we've done. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then I was able to talk to him about some stuff that I thought was fucked up that he agreed on. And, you know it's 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 a very interesting thing to have somebody who is a on someone's side that you're against but you can respect their opinion because at least they're being fair yeah so, like it's rare because most people are just blind
0: it's like, almost like being an actual adult yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy like, it's like that it that? doesn't happen nowadays what the fuck <laughs> are you talking about that's that's uncalled for it. no you yeah, and you're not-
1: it's, it's, you know, so I, I at least respected that dude for what he did. Like, obviously, I have my own issues with Dale, especially for what he was doing around the yeah. time my father was passing away. And like, you know, obviously, whenever he ducks people who were like cream of the crop figureheads, like when you duck Tom DeBlas, when you duck Tim Kennedy, when you're ducking these people, it's like, I'm a nobody. Like, yeah. I, I am just a dude who's like a journalist and I'm very scientific about how I do shit. So I'm happy to set up an experiment and we'll see. But the video I put out about Dale back when I did put the video out, like, half that shit he removed. Like, so why would, if you felt that strong about me being wrong, why'd you remove half the video?
0: Why did that get out of the the curriculum, evidently? (laughs) Dude, I... Tim Kennedy is the last person that I would want to, like, test out whether or not, like, I can defend myself from him killing me. Like, it's the (laughs) last person I would want anywhere close to facing me with a weapon.
1: Absolutely, because he will get the job done. Yeah,
0: I was like, I'm pretty sure that's really what he loves to do.
1: And I got to tell you, man, Tim, like, you know, I talked with him a lot more previously than I have in the last, like, year or so. Like, COVID was, like, rough for everybody. We all had our own shit going on. Yeah. But like when I was talking to him back then I met him at the SHOT show We talked a little bit He was He's never been anything but cool But yeah. at the same time You know that he can murder you with his hands yeah. At any time he wanted to He would just kill you
0: And um, the best part He can do it with a smile That's the oh, fucked up part He'd
1: enjoy it He'd be cheap. Yeah. It'd be great for him. He'd have a good old time. Watch like his like Tim, and go back to work.
0: Tim Kennedy does not have PTSD by any means. <laughs> it's like, he's,
1: he's awesome, man. I, I really respect what he's doing with sheepdog and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he's And he has like a really high standard too. Like the uh, people that he allows to be instructors for him, like all of them have legit resumes. It's yeah. like a very difficult thing to become an instructor for him. I like the fact that he has high standards for that type of work because we're not talking about, day-to-day self-defense although they do have stuff like that on there we're talking like real serious like tacticals yeah, yeah. For sure. like you're gonna learn how to shoot you're gonna learn jujitsu. you're gonna learn stand up you're gonna really learn how to protect yourself in those courses so I'm yeah. stand my sheepdog stuff man
0: i tried i tried for for like the last year to like message him and try and get him on the on the podcast but he's a hard man to get a hold of for sure like i've been trying to get on it like to get him on here like for the longest time like that dude i would love to pick his brain and get him on here i have to i have to try and hit him up again have you ever listened to um sean ryan's podcast i don't think so dude i gotta get you this guy so sean ryan was like special forces like it did i i did some work with him um when i was a titan fc we filmed like this whole like 10 minute uh, like video for like their version of embedded like so we filmed it and i got to meet him and i had like I kept pushing him. i was like dude you should start a podcast and he started tr- like teaching people tactical and he just got away from the tactical started his podcast dude he gets some of the best guys to interview on there he, uh, i'm still finishing up but he just did an episode with the guy that owned blackwater oh and exactly. dude, yeah
1: those dudes are interesting
0: dude like you have to listen to that episode It's so cool and he's got so many awesome people like you'll definitely like dig it i think you definitely dig it. i'll send you the the link oh, for God, it but send that
1: to me for sure like yeah uh, it, it, some of those tactical guys man like who come from special forces or you know they were um sometimes not even special forces they were just retired and they became mercenaries mm-hmm. uh you know contractors i guess is the term people use nowadays you know they wind up becoming mercenaries and they wind up going out and they do these odd jobs it is utterly insane and so our director for our documentary that we're doing about frauds in the martial arts industry he did a documentary called Haval, Mm -hmm. and it's about an actor over in like the uk who just like was in special forces and stuff like that but he was like still fairly active with like keeping up with like contract work and so like out of nowhere he gets like a job to do contract work quits acting goes over to Haval, and he winds up like doing this mercenary work but when he does the mercenary work he gopros himself up and he does he gopros everything so we're talking about firefights we're talking about like um uh, like interviews with the guy like interviews with people who knew him like is this dude all there like yeah it is, it is super fascinating stuff and like it was one of the reasons that I wanted the director we have. Yeah. So I was like that dude got some dope footage and I was like I want that. So yeah.
0: Like, I got I got to watch that. That's fucking nuts. But that's uh, what was his face from Lord of the Rings? He was a uh, special forces. He was like British special forces. Have you ever seen that? No. Nah, the not Gandalf, the other guy, the one that was the, like all white, the one that went bad with Sauron. Sauron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sauron. Yeah. So like when they were filming it and then um peter jackson was like telling them like when you stab him, or when you get stabbed like i want you to be oh uh, like all this stuff and he's like that's not what happens when people like get stabbed he's like what do you mean he's like have you ever killed somebody he's like, no he's like i have that's not the sound that they make he's like okay well you do it the way <laughs> you do like so like there's a there's a little like clip like behind the scene like uh, i'll send it to you but it's hilarious he's like that's not the noise that people make when you stab them and it's like Okay, and things just got really fucking dark. (laughs) So I get it. It shows
1: that that episode, that scene on Jaws where they're sitting there, he's like, You're in the water. Yeah. Those eyes, black eyes.
0: Dude, that guy's a fucking amazing actor. He was an amazing actor. He was in a James Bond movie too.
1: What, the dude from Jaws? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard he was like a legit alcoholic. I heard oh, yeah. like like he was an actual alcoholic, and like on the set of Jaws, they had to actually have alcohol in those cups because he was like actually. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Getting tremors and shit.
0: Yeah, he was a bad motherfucker. That's for sure. <laughs> um. So speaking of the documentary, I know like we we've talked about it. I obviously can't say anything because of what we talk about in private. But I want to know what can you tell the people? What is the update on the documentary?
1: So we have two of the top five streaming services that have contacted us back and they're interested in us having a pitch meeting, which we'll be able to do in the next week or two. Nice. Um, I I know that a lot of people are like concerned about how long the wait was, but I mean, first of all, I've been transparent the entire time. I go live, I let anybody join, I'll answer any questions, but what people forget is like the timeline. And I think that it's important for people to understand that when we first talked about doing the documentary, it was me and the production team, which is the Voto Studios, um, which were the guys who did the uh, Mexican martial arts videos. Um, And so I had worked with those guys. I loved the quality of the work that they did. And I knew that they were down if things got hairy to continue to film. And so I was like, let's do this. And so we set it up and we were like, all right, well, how do we set up a crowdfunding campaign? So we did our research for the first week and we all got together and we were like, all right, these are the tiers of what we want to provide people. All right, well, took about three months to like set all that up and put the wheels in motion because we wanted to advertise the very first like day because you only get 90 days on that platform to to crowdfund yeah we wanted to advertise on like a big day the first day was going to be big so we waited for a mcgregor fight at that time and uh my homie from mexican martial arts always did these live fight companions so we announced it live when he had like hundreds of thousands of people watching it did great well three months go by so now we're six months in So from concept to finishing our crowdfunding, and then we got $20,000. Well, we wanted $200,000 because we knew the type of shots and what it would cost. We already knew the budget. Well, the issue was two major things. One, apparently some asshole, like I didn't didn't even hear about this until we started crowdfunding. Some asshole set up a a documentary they were going to do about red belts in jiu-jitsu that douchebag
0: i've heard about that yeah i heard about that piece of shit yeah
1: i i'm not associated with this dude i don't know who he is and i don't even know that this has happened until after we started crowdfunding so we get all these people on there going this is just like another red belt documentary you're just going to take the money and run blah 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 I don't even know that fucking dude yeah right so we had to jump over that hurdle because people had already been jaded from what he did and it just made everyone look bad who decided to crowdfund and then like I want to think like a month into our our, uh, crowdfunding, somebody took a whole bunch of my clips. My logo is still in this if you ever see this video. Mm. And he winds up putting a documentary on YouTube out for free. It's a 30-minute documentary, which is not a documentary at all. It's just him voicing over. It's a YouTube video. And that got millions of views. And people were like, why would I donate to this when there's this free documentary here? It's like, it's not a documentary. Like, none of that's original footage. It's literally got my logo on it right? I was like, I should sue the fuck out of this guy for that shit. Send him a letter. But the problem is, it's like my moral compass is a little different when it comes to that because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, you just really did probably fuck us over out of like at least, I don't know, at least 50k if I had to guess, right? Right. And then when I'm looking at that, I go, but at least he's spreading the word about fake martial arts and that's really the goal. So I'll take that. I'll just move on because people are watching it and people are still getting some information. Mm -hmm. I was like, "I'm, I'm cool with it. I'll let it go. And then like, so then, all right, Well, now it's time. We got enough money at least to do something. We reworked our budget. We're like, we're going to do a whole bunch of work for free. And we did. And a whole bunch of money came out of my pocket, um, which was like an extra $40,000, I think. And then um, we wind up going, all right, well, let's set a date where we're all available to film. Well, it was like another six months later when we all had free schedules. So we're like, we'll start filming this day. Well, then COVID hits. A week before we're supposed to film. It's like, well, what do we do? We're like, obviously, it's hard to do a martial arts documentary when martial arts schools are closed. So we just like we backed off and we waited. And then that uh, was a few months went by. And then, you know, it went from when it first hit. I don't know if people remember how scary it was. But COVID, when it first hit, was like a scare machine. Like yeah. People were terrified. Yeah. And so everybody's closing. Regulations are happening. And then in California, the regulations started to ease up. We're like, all right, it's our window. When are you guys available? All right, we're all available in a month. All right, let's make that happen. So it was like the week I'm supposed to leave to go out there, the regulations went back up. I was like, "Fuck, what do we do? And they were like, all right, well let's come to a crossroads here because now we're almost two years into this. Or we were over two years into this. Yeah. And then we were like, what do we do, man? Like we have these people's money. We got to make a decision. Do we give the money back or do we keep pushing forward? And I talked to the producer and the producer was like, I'll get back to you tomorrow. He comes back to me. He goes, you know what? Fuck this. He goes, let's move forward this is the time, this is the date, bring your ass out here, we're going to film anyway and we'll work around it. And so we did. Um, And we were able to shoot for three months at the beginning of last year, January through March, um, which we only had the budget for like 18 days. But the production team was so fucking dope because they were like, you know what, keep filming. We got to day 18 and I'm like, that's not everything I wanted to film. I'm like shaking my head. I was like, I have to piece this together. They were like, nope, keep going. And so Alex and the team over there were just amazing They shot for an extra two months that we didn't have a budget for for free. All their other projects, they kicked to the side. And then we got this amazing footage. We got to interview some of the top frauds in the industry. And then come forward, we move forward. And we were supposed to have some investors, but the the director or I'm sorry, the producer that we had at that time, we had some issues and didn't, I didn't feel like he was doing his job and it wound (laughs) up costing us quite a bit of money because he wasn't what I felt like doing his job. And so we got another one, a friend of mine, Jonathan Sadowski, who runs a thing called MMA Casuals, where just mm-hmm. like a random page. Yeah, I love that page. I didn't, I didn't know that like Jonathan Sadowski was like this big producer and actor and been in Hollywood forever. And he's one of the dudes that runs it. And so like we just start a dialogue and we start talking and, uh, you know, and he's like, hey, I got a guy for you. He's a consultant. He can help you, guide you to getting your project where you want it to be. So he introduces us to our director now, which our director now is fucking dope. And then he introduces us. And then we were like, why are we using you as a consultant? Like, you're a legit documentary director. Like, we want to hire you. Made a deal with him. He's now our director. And then he's been just kicking doors down. Nice. So now the ball, like, really started to roll. And then we got picked up by a company called UTA, Mm -hmm. one of the top three talent agencies in the world. Um, and then they started pitching our stuff right after the can film festival this year. Um, so the can film festival happened. They gave it a couple of weeks because we didn't want our stuff to be white noise. And now we have two major streamers, three, actually, a third one is not a streamer, but it's just like a, right. we'll talk about. That yeah. yeah. We'll talk about but um, we have three major players in, in the game wanting to talk to us and have a pitch. So yeah, um, we put together a trailer, we put together put together a great pitch deck, all that good stuff which is, you know, synopsis all that, got that out there. And uh now we're just kind of in the like the last stages, like the door is like creaked open and they're yeah. like yeah, we'll let you come talk. And so if things go well, um, you know, we'll be able to get an additional budget because again, filming on only 20,000, we couldn't have done any overseas shooting, anything outside of California. All that would have cost too much. Right. Um We'll be able to get some reshoots and uh, some of the experiments that we did and the documentary still from the first batch of shooting are still going to make it. They're still going. So, but now we can do more confrontations because our big thing we want is Indonesia. I want Indonesia so bad because I want to go to the cult and like confront these people who were doing like the mystical no touch stuff. Yeah. Because Indonesia is an example of what happens when nonsense goes unchecked. Like, and so I really want to confront those people. And then, I want to take a couple people up on their fight challenges and, you know, like really get some good confrontational footage now that we already did all the niceties.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. So knock on wood, all things go according to plan. When do you think you'll have a finished product?
1: If it depends. So like right now we're in August, so. Our goal would be to finish filming if we got picked up by the end of the year, have it edited and have it out at the beginning of next year. Um, But it's just a slow grind, man. What's really fucked up and and like there is no one way to get a film made. Yeah, we could have just taken it, chopped it up ourselves, put it online and just charge people for it and said, all right, watch it if you want to. but That's not the point. point to get people's eyes on the fact that there's a problem with pedophilia in the martial arts industry there's a problem with con men in the martial arts industry there are major issues that we're ignoring and having just a few people who already care about this they already know i'm not trying to sell it to people who already know i'm trying to show it for free on a streaming service to people who don't know that this stuff is happening and then maybe the right eyeballs hit this and we can inform the public we can stop kids from getting raped We can stop people from getting ripped off and inform people so that way they make better decisions before they go into a martial arts school. That's the goal. Fuck the money. Like, it doesn't mean as much to me. Do I want to get paid? You're damn right. I want to get paid. I work. Everybody work. I mean,
0: you've put in, what, you're at four years now worth Um, of work?
1: The tail end of three.
0: Yeah. So it's like, man, like. And that's why every once in a while I hit you up, I'm like, dude, what's the update? Like, what's going on? Like, because I I love hearing the fact that most people would have given up on it. And douchebags, like we know, that have tried to film other, like, documentaries and fuck people over, like, completely avoided the subject. Like, you go out of your way to put it in front of people, like, this is what's going on, this is what we are trying to do, like, ask me anything.
1: And Dean Lister was on Jocko's podcast and they talked about it a little bit because Dean's one of the people we interviewed mm-hmm. and because uh, like the dude's a fucking legend. You yeah. know, he's already been there, done that. You know, he he really did change the jujitsu landscape by having that conversation with John Donna here about leg locks. Everybody knows about, yeah. you know, why would you ignore 50%? <laughs> you know, but like people like that, we interviewed. We interviewed Mike Beltran, who was a fucking OG homie, but yeah. Mike Beltran also has seen more fights than most people ever will. Yeah. You know, so, why not get his opinion on stuff like that? We interviewed some of the top frauds. We interviewed um, some amazing fighters. We interviewed psychologists, cult experts. Um, what else? We did very a whole bunch of experiments to see if we could fool people into learning bullshit which worked. Unfortunately, we did experiments where we brought in a guy to teach us a martial arts seminar, which we knew was going to be dog. Yeah. shit. We gave it a chance. You like, know
0: who, who I wish was still alive to have you go and interview him. Cause I met him is, uh, the amazing Randy.
1: Dude, it was so sad. So like, we did talk with the uh the james randy foundation yeah we did talk with like the magicians and stuff like that we had these great conversations about like how it's very similar to magic we interviewed james Hydrick. Mm-hmm. Um, james Hydrick is the gentleman who was called out by james Randi back yeah. in the day um so we will be having magicians in there to talk about some like because there's this movie out right now called the power of Chi, right now yeah. we machida in it and like Verdoom and they're just in the woods like the majority of the movie if not all the movie and they're just talking about chi no scientists no yeah. doctors just like oh i can feel his aura like adam adam misner is the guy that like they're using as like this expert in chi right yeah. and like they're doing push hands and they're like oh i can't push him. it's like yeah we have a magician who's like 110 pounds who you can't push either because he has <laughs> a magic trick. it's a magic trick but he's using yeah. it To like take advantage of people. We interviewed Leota Machida as well after the fact, right? And it's like at the end of the day, how how serious can you take somebody's spiritualism who like who who believes in chi, who drinks his own urine? Like yeah, Leota Machida could kick my ass, right? All day. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't drink my pee. So, but it's
0: a and that ain't apple juice that he enjoys on a daily (laughs) basis for sure.
1: No, dude. It's weird. Like and so like chi is weird, and like the point isn't whether or not um, you know you can manipulate people into believing it the point is is it real yeah. and like can you actually use your power and in the interview I asked Leona Machida if he believed that he could push people back without touching them using chi and like he kind of just goes along with believing it. Like, yeah. You know, are, he says, like, well, there are levels. So I was like, do you believe you can knock somebody out without touching them? And he's like, he never says no. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he doesn't,
0: does, doesn't want to look like he believes in it, but he also doesn't want to say he doesn't. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, crazy. It's like,
1: you know, and at the end of the day, man, you can believe what you want, but. Like, we're going to, everything that these these guys talk about, the first thing we did was, like, we'd write down all the answers that they gave us. Like, all right, do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? Yeah. All right, cool. And then we found experts, like, you know, when they're talking about pressure points and meridians, like, we found a guy who's got, like, an actual um, degree, an actual doctorate in, in uh, acupuncture. Yeah. So I guess it became a thing that you can actually become a doctor in now in the United States. And so he, we asked him about all these pressure point stuff. And, yeah, he believes in the pressure point stuff. But at the same time, he does not believe in a lot of the hokier stuff. You know, he doesn't believe that you can hit somebody here and they die three days later, like one of the people said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, one of the dudes said he could dodge bullets. Like, <laughs> like no, you can't, motherfucker. You can't dodge bullets.
0: No, man. There's there's something actually I got to talk to you about after a case or something like that. But, yeah, dude, like, it, all that stuff is mind-blowing. And it's funny because – i met james randy when i was about man i want to say it was like fourteen, fifteen, and i would like a whole weird scenario i definitely shouldn't have been there but i went to his office it was down in fort lauderdale like i was working at the science museum down in fort lauderdale and they invited me to go there and it was literally me a fucking kid with all these grown ass men and across from me is james randy i didn't know him from adam yeah and we sat there and he started, he started talking to me and we started talking about magic and like uh, whatever, this, that, and the other. And then he starts talking about like your mindset and what people start doing to you when they're talking to you about stuff. And he starts showing me, he's like, this is a pen. Like, and he starts doing mind tricks, but he's talking about the psychology behind when people are fooling you. So it's like, he goes to hand me the pen. I reach out. It's like, the pen's gone. It's like, oh. And he shows me how he did the tricks. Like. So little by little, like with all these little tricks and he showed me, like I learned how to levitate. I learned like all these like different little like magic tricks. He gave me like one of his books and like signed and stuff. And it was that click of the skepticism like opens up your brain so much more to realize so many people are full of shit, man. Like you realize like if you look at things and you start being able to realize and that's one of the things that. I'm kind of happy I waited as long as I did to get into martial arts because remember growing up, it's like, oh, ninja's real, like the dim mock is real, all that stuff, and then you get older, it's like, I have punched people in the chest, I've been punched in the chest, I didn't die, like, (laughs) I've seen people get kicked in the dome and walk away, like, People yeah, get they, shot they and they didn't, don't
1: have to cheat they didn't they
0: didn't have the cheat the the and then remember like I'm sure you've seen it there was an old old video it had to be like a PBS like special or something like that the guy that could emanate electricity from his fingers and they like did like the whole measurement and all of a sudden oh it's through the roof and he set the paper on fire and stuff like that I'm like I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't believe you yeah like,
1: exactly it's it's a lot of that stuff is like just magic tricks and yeah you know James Hydrick. I give James Hydrick credit, at least in a way like James Hydrick is at a mental institution that was only an hour away from our production studio in Fresno. I thought he was dead. I didn't think he was still alive. Yeah. And then my, my producer was like, yo, dude, like James Hydrick's still alive. So I was like, no way. <laughs> we're like in a, we're in like a meeting and we're doing like a storyboard meeting. He was like, man, I was like, man, I'd love to get James Hydrick if he was alive. He was like, he is. It's like, no way. He's like, no, man. My, my, my uncle is like a guard there. And he talks to me about that guy all the time. I was like get the fuck out of here. So we like called and we talked to the guard. He was like, "Yeah, I know exactly who that is." And he told me all the stories about him. And I was like, "Well, we got to get it." Like normally to try to get interviews with people like that, it's like all this red tape to get there yeah. cuz that place is like Arkham Asylum. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think 78 or 79% of the inmates, or I say inmates, but the patients at that mental institution are like diagnosed psychotic. Mm. Like they are that is arkham asylum it exists right. <laughs> and it is there that, though, but in reality right? yeah and so james randy or james hydric he's in there i think for molesting like five kids or something like that yeah wind up doing a crazy uh guilt, like the that kind of plea deal to get himself in there um but he was one of the only people who would like done that kind of stuff on that scale i mean he was known as the world's greatest psychic at one time yeah and He's the only one to admit that he was a fraud. He was the only one to admit wow. that all like a bit. And so we used him in a different way. Most people already know his story. Most people are already aware of what he's done. It's not good. And we will touch on those things. But I do give him credit because we, when we interviewed him, we interviewed him from a place of, you're an expert on how to do this to people. Tell us how you did it. Like if you were this person, how would you do that trick? If you were that person. And he gave us a masterclass on how what? to manipulate people. It was really interesting to like talk with him and um, not a great person or a human being for by any means because clearly he has admitted to fooling people to better himself in order to make his career better and he hasn't done good things but at the same time like it was really fascinating to like dive into this dude's mind and listen to like how he would manipulate people or how he would pick people out of the audience specifically that he knows he'll be able to manipulate
0: yeah Dude, that's not, it's almost like if you were like reading like the, what is it? 48 laws of power coming out straight from like one person.
1: <laughs> As, like, uh, this guy gave me a, a whole masterclass on how to be that kind of person. And I was like,
0: eh. Did you like, so when he gave you the breakdown, obviously we don't want to give any spoilers on like what you guys talked about. But when he gave you the breakdown and you learned all that did you kind of go and test the waters to see like let me try and do like one of these things like he said to do
1: we absolutely did so we set up a seminar and i created a martial art we created a website and i don't
0: don't give any spoilers i don't want to give any spoilers because i, have, cause I well, like,
1: eh. we were supposed to have kit dale do it um mm. dale was going to be our guy because i fucking first of all i think that he's perfect he's an actor yeah J black belt legit you know he got his black belt very quickly and You know, so I was like, "There's nobody perfect than Kit Dale. I would like love to get him on there." And I went out, and I went to California. We sat down, we had lunch, uh, we chit chatted about it, and then his schedule just kind of blew up. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's he had that movie that he was doing at that time. Yeah. Um. You know, he had all the kind like he's a busy dude to be honest. He's a hustler, man. Yeah, he's definitely
0: one of the more underappreciated, like, black belts now because he was, like, he was very, very big in, like, jujitsu, like, social media, like, years ago. I don't feel like he gets enough credit on, like, how legit his jujitsu is. Oh, it's
1: it's good. Yeah. Like, he still, like, does. He still rolls. He still, like, he makes a ton of money off of uh, doing video game stuff now and, like. Oh, really? yeah out of nowhere he's just like i think i'm gonna be a streamer and he just starts streaming and then i ah, do i
0: didn't so fucking well. know oh and one dude. day
1: me and him and a homie like we all got on one day and we played like call of duty together and it was yes. just so fun and he was just streaming the whole thing and we had a blast i want to do it again um but dude I-, I did
0: so but do you do twitch like are you on twitch
1: I- i'm on it and i did it for a while but like my problem is, is, I have a really hard time, like, I guess you could say, whoring myself out for stuff like that. Cause you yeah. constantly have to be self advertising.
0: Yeah. And- well, I mean, you don't have to, like, cause I, I mean, I stream about like three or four times, like a week, and there's definitely like the degrees of whoring yourself out. And it's like, other times just playing. Yeah. It's like, dude, yeah, we got to get you on there. Like, we'll definitely have to do like, uh, a twitch stream go out there and play some cod or something
1: i'm all about it man and my original idea for my twitch was like i didn't want to be the guy doing it i wanted to like you know i fill in the blanks here or there but like i wanted to give people an opportunity to play against their favorite like mma fighter oh nice like, so like on ufc like if you wanted to fight steven thompson like steven thompson would just play himself on mm. our channel and then like when people hopped on to try to fight against Stephen Thompson and you, know, you can, you know, you could talk to each other. Yeah, they, they would realize, oh, my God, like I'm actually fighting against Stephen Thompson. <laughs> That's funny.
0: I mean, there's a couple of like the like the pro fighters that are on there. Like some are really, really good gamers like Megan Anderson's on there. Like I watch her all the time. Like um,
1: Demetrius Johnson to Demetrius, um, Yeah,
0: he was one of the first ones. He was really, really banking, but he stopped. He stopped like really going in. He said it was just like too much work to sit there and and do all that, which is kind of stupid. He was like, what? He was sponsored by Xbox, all this other stuff. He could have just gone in on that and whatever. I mean, your career, you do what you want, man. I bet. I mean, if I could get paid playing video games, I'm there all day. Fuck it, (laughs) I'm all for it. Yeah, but
1: I guess it's like anything else. Anything can get old. You yeah, know. for sure. Yeah, but like does, sitting. You know, I like money. <laughs> Me money I'd rather.
0: Run. Yeah, I'll. I'll take playing video games instead of going starting only fans. I guess for now. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see you know, things change. About
1: it. Like I have no shame. I do an only fans tomorrow. The only problem is it just wouldn't work out with my branding. It'd be like yeah, like but I've seen your dick, so I don't want to like you know. I mean,
0: throw throw the guns out there. I'm sure somebody will pay. You'd be good to go. <laughs> You'd be good to go. Dude, I, man, I took up enough of your time, man. I appreciate you coming in. Like it's been like almost two hours. Yeah. yeah
1: man. Uh good conversation. I enjoyed the chit chat.
0: Dude, I anything I can do to help you, like keep on pushing the the movie, man. Let me know. Like, good luck on the the interviews this week. Man, like, I
1: can't, I can't wait. Like, oh. it's, it's opened up so many doors too already. Like Sean Patrick Flannery has been nothing but dope, and he's like. You know, guiding me, and we were talking about writing something like a script oh
0: dope together. dude yeah um,
1: that'll be cool, and then we're doing another documentary about a wrestler who uh, according to the police, committed suicide, but all mm-hmm. the evidence led to him not actually committing suicide wow. like it's a really crazy story, but it's a true yeah. story, so we're doing a documentary about that too
0: nice dude, yeah, I remember we had uh we had uh flannery on like a year might be two years now and he was talking about like some of the stories and stuff and the scripts that he was working on so for sure if it's the the stuff that he was talking to us about i'm sure it'll be dope as shit
1: yeah we're writing something unique like he's, he was he was cool i just hit him up the other day and i was like yo man let's i would like to you know pick your brain about some stuff about like scripted stuff and ideas and then he was like dude he guided me and he was like we could work on this he goes just yeah. like flush out this a little bit more but he's nothing but cool as fuck man
0: he's got a ton of energy right
1: yeah, for sure. He's like, he's a happy dude. He's
0: looking great. Yeah. Dude, I was like, we had him on the podcast and I'm like, that man wasn't coked out. I've seen coked out people. That was pure actual energy. I'm like, that guy's a ball of fucking energy. It's like, it's hilarious. Dude, it's, he's got some crazy, hilarious stories. Ask him about, um, what's his face from The Walking Dead about trying to do jujitsu. See what he tells you. He'll tell you that story. That shit's hilarious.
1: Definitely. Dude. I'm all about it.
0: Man, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Um, Keep doing the work that you're doing. Hang out for like a minute after we stop recording, just because I got to talk to you about like one or two things before I let you go. Mm-hmm. But make sure you guys follow McDojo Life. We're gonna have all the links, as usual, downstairs in the description. Follow the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out the latest video that that uh, they put up there, that Rob put up there. So you guys kind of get the real story of what's going on and that way we can see how it develops in the next weeks and months and stuff and make sure you go check out the documentary to support the documentary, Instagram. Um, you stay consistent on that, right? Putting stuff up.
1: Instagram. I post every day, no matter what YouTube I'm posting almost every week. The only time I don't post on YouTube is uh, if I'm out of town, like that's pretty much it. Like I'm going to try to post one up. I wanted to do one today. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll be be definitely posting one up tomorrow. Um, you know, there's always a fraud out there that, you know, there's a story about. So I'll, I usually do those
0: true so make sure you guys go follow mcdoja life i'm sure you guys already do rob you're the man i appreciate you brother and uh we'll talk again soon yes sir big thanks to rob from mcdoja life for taking the time and coming out there like i said it's always a blast to talk to him um the the dude is so straightforward and it's so refreshing to to have other like-minded individuals when it comes to martial arts and just life in general just to make sure you know kind of keep people in check and also the fact that he's so thorough with all his research to really be honest and uh, and be legit to everybody and just putting the facts out there the way that they are so make sure you guys go check out the documentary that they're working on uh, if you want to go support we'll have all the links in the description of the video or in the spotify description for the episode go follow them As always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell if you're watching us on YouTube or just the subscribe button on Spotify and anywhere else. Don't forget to check out all of our awesome sponsors, Chocaloha and Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. If you look in the description of the episode, you will see how you can get a discount on some of the best products in Jiu-Jitsu. As always, a big thank you to them for support from day one. I love them. Chocaloha has some of the best gear in Jiu Jitsu, hands down. If you want a good, good rash guard that doesn't just ride up and is extremely comfortable, Choke has got you along with a bunch of other products and if you want the best soap in general, not even just Jiu Jitsu, Jiu Jitsu Soap Co. I have a stack of bars and I don't purchase any other soap bar for uh, other than Jiu Jitsu Soap Co. It's just, I promise you it's gonna be the best bar soap you ever use big thank you to the support don't forget to check us out on twitch join us we do uh we do a bunch of gaming we'll play some uh kaizo mario if you know you know we'll play some Warzone and a bunch of other games it's always a blast on there big thank you to everyone who came out for the birthday stream and supported love you guys and i'll catch you guys on the next episode